Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills podcast. Here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois, we are broadcasting tonight in tandem with the most pointless night of football on the calendar. Aside from the Pro Bowl, it's week four preseason against the Lions. I'm Lars. Joining me tonight, the president of the Bills backers, Sujit, is here. You know you missed every single minute of us. And next to him, uh, let's see if we can get any sexier than that, is the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton. Uh, no, but I will say hello. Hello. That one was for you, Rock Pile Report. We're back, y'all. We're back. This season is brought to you by MyBookie.ag, the easiest way to make live in-game betting. With MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Want to place a bet this season? Head to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code B and B. That's B A N D B, and they'll match your deposit with a 100% bonus. Mybookie.ag. Promo code B and B. Lots of ways to find us too. Download and subscribe on iTunes. You can also find us on Podbean. And now this year, for the first time ever, simulcast on 920WON, the Apple New York's number one online Bills station. I said number one, baby. Number one, just like our AFC East ranking. Find us on Twitter at Bills and Beers and find us on Facebook. That's the best way to stay in touch with the show and use that hashtag BNBSM to be entered into the social media listener of the week. A lot of housekeeping these days for the Bills and Beers who now have a fiduciary responsibility to produce this podcast. So produce this podcast, we will. It's been several months we've been off. We've had players retire. We've had players been traded. We've had players miss the bus to the game. There's so much to discuss. We're going to get our buddy Bill Nichols in Milwaukee on the phone. We're going to hear from Jim and Jeff Day down in Austin, Tejas. Gang, let's not make our fans wait any longer. Let's get right into it here on preseason game four night. Welcome back, everyone. Come on, come on. Come on and shout. So much has happened in Bill's Nation since the last time we spoke. And the topic of conversation on our last podcast was coming up after the draft. We have since hired a new general manager after the firing of Doug Whaley. Yes, it's been that long since you've heard from us. We traded Sammy Watkins. We had uh, Anquan Bolden retire. We traded Ron No, Darby. no, no. Didn't we add Anquan Bolden and then also have him retire? Correct. Okay. Correct on both counts. So Billsy. So there's so much to talk about. We have a rookie quarterback who's turning heads. Uh, more on that later. But we have a veteran quarterback that may have broken his head. So let's for the sake of just getting right to the point, let's talk about whatever it was that happened this offseason, which could be considered the most impactful event since after the draft. There's many to choose from. Yeah, I think th- we may have to do a uh, twice around the twice around the the ranking for this one, and maybe we can even get uh, Jeff and Bill involved in this when during their segments to add on. But I I'm gonna go a little bit. Well, I mean, it's not not obvious, but uh, because it is the most impactful thing to me, I think the most impactful thing is Tyrod getting a concussion. Mm. So uh, you know, obviously there was the new GM. We were gonna have a GM, and the fact that we hired the coach first meant we were gonna get a GM that the coach liked. There was all the players and, and, and whatnot. Uh, the c- very close second is obviously Sammy, but I'm not picking two things like some people do. That's okay. Uh, I've but, got two ready. Uh, I would say that San- uh, Tyrod getting a concussion 
finally gave us the chance to see Nate Peterman with the ones. And I think that's what people were clamoring for, and I don't think it would have happened had Tyrod not, or he would have gotten a couple series. But we got to see him, you know, against a live defense, at least for a, a, a few series. Um, and I think that the de- uh, Baltimore still had some of their people in there uh, during during the, uh, the touchdown Buffalo, drive. Or ba- Buffalo. Baltimore is deep. They've, right, and that's the other thing. He didn't embarrass himself against Baltimore. Like some other, some other quarterbacks did. Right, exactly, which I'm pretty sure Tyrod would have. He did. Know? Well, yeah, he did. Yeah, okay. so for, that was the fair point. Enough, I forgot. Yes, he was okay. one for three for one I forgot for that he even yard. played. I forgot yeah. that he even played. So I think, that's the, I think that is the thing that has made us all feel like, God, the season's already lost in some ways, meaning we're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. No. What? You know? I, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Wait, what? Cassie, I'm Cassie. sorry. Get Cassie another beer. So why not? You know? You have so that's eight, what you're saying. You right have now. eight draft picks so, for next year. So you're going to pick another quarterback. You're not going to be with Tyrod. You're probably not going to be with Peterman so, either. But let's but, just at least see what we have to bring it back to the essence of the of the question here. Biggest is thing Tyrod to happen is getting Tyrod concussion. getting a concussion because that means Nathan Peterman will be because he should be the starter week one against the Jets. Yes. Wow. Well, you heard it here first, folks. I, I'm not saying he's good. I'm not saying he's a polished product. I'm just saying that we've seen what we can see with Tyrod. The only thing that scares me is I don't want to ruin the kid like we ruined every other quarterback that rolled through here when by starting him too early. I mean, we also talked earlier today about, hey, let's let Tyrod start against that Jets defense, get concussed again, and then we'll all feel better about starting Nate Peterman. The problem is I don't think the Jets defense will actually be able to get to Tyrod. But, yeah. but their D-line, their D-line is still be, formidable. So I, I'm going to correct you on something. You're right. Nathan Peterman's not good. He's spectacular as a backup quarterback. He is a spectacular backup quarterback because he doesn't seem to make mistakes. He, uh, you know, and I feel like we've made this analogy so many times over the years, and we tried so hard to make this analogy with with Trent Edwards, and it was never the case. I feel like Nate Peterman is Chad Pennington, which is like not going to make mistakes, going to make good throws. Never going to make great throws, and therefore will not will never carry the team to victory like a good quarterback should. But I think that he, you know, those timing passes. I I actually see him closer to a not not in the style of play, but or no, sorry, not in the actual like talent or arm strength or anything like that. But in terms of the way that he approaches the game, is kind of an Alex Smith, where it makes a bunch mm. of small passes over the middle, accurate timings on, you know, that type of thing. It is what. Trent Edwards used to be, and then Trent Edwards I, got nope. I'm not in, having in this the very beginning a, nope. when we actually thought Trent Edwards would make something of himself. We in the very beginning we had J.P. Lossman yeah, as okay. the it's control all group. It was all relative. I know, but now we have Tyrod, and it's not good Tyrod. <laughs> but, but it's that's bad true. Tyrod. That, that's what we have to keep in mind with Peterman. That again, it's relative. So yeah. Peterman is good. I mean, we're talking everybody. You know, the the buzz out there is this is the deepest quarterback class in in the history of kingdom come coming up this year so we can find a guy who has nathan peterman's skills and then also elite arm talent and can do things that nate peterman otherwise wouldn't be able to i mean do. i hope that's true i hope the gurus are right because there's at least three or four starting quarterbacks taken in the first round from this draft class that everyone said everyone sucks in yeah agreed Cass. Most impactful moment of the offseason post-draft. 
Um, so I'm going to actually kind of throw two out there because one's a personal impact. So impact me personally on a level of my life got better would have been Gilmore going uh, away. You, you used that last time, but keep going. I, I'm still. I just listened to the last podcast. Okay. Yeah. It's still impacting you're me. Still, you're, I'm still coming <laughs> off of it. And I'm still going to tell you guys like for the first five games. Thank God he's not there. Um, the second one would be, um, very quiet. It, it happened on a very tumultuous day but was the signing of eric wood oh yeah for the two years because you know why i would say that's impactful how is that not the personal thing for you no because i'm about to explain that to you i mean it's a little personal you know i'm a little selfish there um but no it, I'm by, the, a by the way now yeah, i'm a married yeah, woman now i can't than say ten, stuff like less that than 10 minutes ago i said to cassie hey how's jay her response eh, well whatever <laughs> <laughs> he's, not, my, he's my husband. Whatever. Not true. He's completely he's true. No Eric Wood. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, definitely not Eric Wood. He's um, a lot better looking than Eric Wood. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yes, he's definitely a much better looking. Thank you. No, I, I would say the Eric Wood signing because we are all thinking, oh my God, we're going to tank this season. We need to tank. We need to tank. And then they go in and they decide to sign somebody who, if we were going to tank, they, they'd they be getting rid of yeah, we're not at tanking. the end of next year. We're not tanking. So that's the thing. I, I think there was this, it was showing promise um, and excitement for the season and that, you know, there's a, a method to the madness and it seems like there's a plan out there. So that was my Can't, can't argue with that. Um, and I will, I would just like to pat myself on the back here real quick. Uh, when we recorded our last podcast, the wild card was who's going to disappoint you most. Yeah. One of us said Reggie Ragland. One of us said he's not going to be good. That's right. He's, I did. He's going ha- to have a load in his pants. He's he's not going to be able to anchor this defense. It's going to be some everyone's going to be like, who is this guy? What the hell? I mean, I guess he's still hurt. They say he's not a fit for this defense, but he doesn't look like he belongs on a football field. When he was in preseason games for us, I don't know how he's looked in a Kansas City Chiefs uniform. I I, I genuinely believe that that poor kid had everything go against him. He was recovering from an ACL, not knowing a defense that he's that he's played, not, and not just not the system, but not knowing the defense, right? So there's that component, but also that defense exists in a system that he's never played in, and so you have to make quick moves. You have to do all these things that he's not suited to do. Like, I actually think, I still believe that if he can recover from his knee injury, if he can get back to full speed, he's going to be a star in a 3-4. Uh, okay. And, I mean, honestly, that had to have been a, a very brilliant general manager or you know, front office move. We actually got something for him. Yeah, like, and we were going to cut him. Yeah. It, it, was, it was a great move. Yeah. I, I'm just going to say it because we can't talk about crazy stuff that happened in the offseason and not mention the Sammy Watkins trade. Of course. But yeah. what you can't do is then not talk about the Ronald Darby trade. So tra- trading Sammy Watkins was a big like, what? But if you would have gotten a text that said, the Bills just traded Ron Darby to the Philadelphia Eagles for a receiver who's been more productive than Sammy Watkins over the same period of time, and a third round pick, everybody would have said, You're crazy. There's no chance they're going to do that for Ron Darby, but they did. Meanwhile, we got another second round pick and this Gaines fellow who seems to be okay coming in from LA. And sure enough, Sammy hasn't done much in LA, not because he's not a spectacular football player. And I think we were all a little bit like, Ah, oh, crap, because we had high hopes for Sammy. He is an incredible football player. And I feel bad for him now that he's got to go play with Jared Goff. But that really sent a message. Because <laughs> that's worse than playing with Tyrod Taylor right now. Actually, no. Those it those is. two seem to be doing well together. But So so I think it's the most impactful thing because it sent a message of 
you know, we had the Doug Whaley conversation upside down, inside out, left, right, forward, backwards on this podcast so many times. But Sammy Watkins, more so than any other player, just exemplified that Doug Whaley was doing the thing that Sean McDermott has been on a microphone now and said no less than a half a dozen times since the Sammy Watkins trade, which is we're not here to collect talent. We're here to build a team. And it was obvious that Sammy Watkins was brought in because he was a very talented player, but he had no place on our team, and he still didn't have a place so, on our team. Can I? Can we just back up? So, I, I, I mean, I get the idea that everything needs to be cohesive, but what is the system that Sammy Watkins doesn't fit in? I, no, look, agreed, but he's in the last year of his contract. He's going to be owed a lot of money, so the Bills were probably going to let him walk. And as you just said, they're not going to win the Super Bowl this year, so what what are we keeping Sammy Watkins around for to to eke out a seventh win when the season's said and done? Because if we can get a second round pick for him and a cornerback, yeah, take take that now instead of just trying to get through the season and and sell more tickets. Like from from the the standpoint of building a team, it makes a lot more sense because he he probably wasn't coming back. Well, he w- he would come back if he had. A, a, a huge contract, right? Like if you had a great right. contract. But in the meantime, but the, is, is that the highest paid player on our team can't get his ass onto the bus in time. Well, yes. Yes, yes. No, you're right. And, and it is the gamble. that. But the thing that bothers me the most, and it's because, you know, I didn't know anything about this foot injury that Sammy had, but everything I read about it, from the medical literature to from you know hearing people in the NFL, Sujit, talking by the way, it. you might be fooled by his name. Is a doctor? Yeah, because there are no brown people that are doctors. So you go into a hospital, you'll never see a never see a person. guy that looks like Sujit. Um, so the is that it generally takes two surgeries to repair. There's a first surgery, and then maybe it'll work out. But is it Julio Jones? Julio Jones. Oh yeah, had the same thing and wasn't good until he had his second surgery. Correct. And so now Sammy had his second surgery. It just it it it, it irks me because I want to Dude, know. I, I, I want right, to know. I'm right like, there with you. I I I've been saying I I hate the Odell Beckham highlights because I hate that he is considered the best receiver from that draft class because I know that Sammy Watkins is better than him. Yeah, but but what is the current Sammy Watkins highlight reel tell you? It does not. It does not. It have tells the same. you. It tells you he's an injured player. Yeah, it, that's my point. Like, agree. Odell Beckham highlight reel is a million times but better. But imagine what the Sammy Watkins highlight reel looks like when he has a future Hall of Fame potentially quarterback throwing to him twelve times a game. Yeah, and imagine if I win the lottery. Like, th- these are all hypotheticals. It's, but I think the bigger thing is that. But imagine Odell Beckham when he's with EJ when he's when he's him. healthy, and we haven't really given him that the the based on his injury. This is the first time he really has the opportunity to truly. Be healthy or not be healthy. Except for that nine-game stretch in 2015 when he was unbelievable. Right. He was unbelievable. What are the last few games of, 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 of last year, right? He Where he was amassing huge, yeah, huge numbers. Yeah, kind of. Last year was so... When, and what's crazy is that we were... So last year, and I'm just... This is a total aside, but like, just bear with me for a second. We were a horrible game against the Ravens and a horrible game against the Jets to start the season and a completely topsy-turvy overtime loss to the Dolphins. 
and then in a road loss to the Dolphins, which we had no business losing. Those are four games we should have won, and we would have been squarely in the playoffs, and Rex Ryan would still be our coach. Now, the reason Rex isn't our coach is because we did lay giant turds in those games, but those were four games we had no business whatsoever losing. It's crazy when you look back at last year. It's crazy. Do you remember where we were? Do you remember how it was just... Armageddon is upon us that Friday after the Thursday night game against the Jets when we were 0-2. I mean, last year was insane, and we fired Greg Roman. We, last year was just crazy. It was so crazy. And this team should have very easily been in the playoffs last year. I feel like we overlooked that. Like Everybody, in hindsight, remembers what a tire fire it was and how out of control Rex Ryan and everything was. But we were really really close to making the playoffs still in spite of all of that yeah but you named four games man i know but only two of them had to be turned for us to make the playoffs that's the crazy part but in i mean i feel like in in today's nfl and there's to- you're gonna have like eight like five teams that are tied but i'm gonna throw right another game and then one you- of them because of afc that's why we have so many damn tiebreakers that's why we're always still in the what hunt, i'm trying to you know? convey is but- that yes so and there was a fifth game too, which was the week seventeen game, which was just like absurdly bad. Yeah. And if our team had anything to play for, we would have beaten that Jets team squarely. the The point here is that, like, yeah, it seems like five games is what kept us out of the playoffs, but that it the chasm really wasn't that wide. It really, really wasn't. That's insane. We were so close last year, and fucking Rex Ryan. Yeah, but like. I'm looking at this. Would you want to sacrifice, hopefully, what this new organization is trying to do, building a team, right? Would you want to sacrifice that for one mediocre playoff appearance where we, we make the playoffs and we get embarrassed in the wild card game? Absolutely not. And that's the whole point of bringing it up yeah. is that, again, it was so close to go to going in a completely opposite direction and this franchise would still be stuck because I think that everybody can at least agree that with Mc, I know you. I know Suge is sitting, sitting on a mountain of criticism that he's just waiting to unload. But I think most people, Suge notwithstanding, believe that this McDermott Bean duo is a welcomed breath of fresh air, step in the right direction. And by the way, we we, we would never have gotten Brandon Bean because of what happened in Carolina just a couple months after we hired him with uh, Edelman, Edelman, Gettleman, whatever his name was, getting fired. So <laughs> Edelman gone too, though. Um, anyways, that was that was a quick departure. Anything else to add? I mean, I mean do we even want to get into what an idiot Marcel Darius is and how he has this No, entire... who cares? It's going to happen. Every... We're going to have the same conversation every year. And everybody's having it. And let's uh, one quick thing, one quick thought I'd like to share. Two guys who have been bright spots so far in the preseason – both rookies, both wide receivers, coming at their potential spot on the rosters from completely different angles. Zay Jones looks great. He's had a couple of unfortunate drops, uh, but he seems to have great chemistry with Peterman. And I know right before we went live, I completely downplayed the quarterback wide receiver chemistry thing. Would love to see Peterman, Matthews, and Peter, Peterman, Matthews, and Jones on the field at the same time. Love me some Zay Jones. Love me some Brandon Riley. Who do you guys love so far in the preseason? <laughs> you know who I'm going to say. Yeah, baby. I love me some Eddie Yarbrough. Yeah. Okay, there's something about his name, and there's something about his look. There's something about him that just is everything that I that I long for. In a, it's like Marcel Darius, before Marcel Darius started messing up. You know, it's like 
He's a big guy. He's super enthusiastic. But Eddie Yarborough sounds like he should be like a baseball player in the 1930s. Yes, yes, right. He could be that, or he could just be a guy like, oh, we going, we going to Eddie Yarborough's house. You know, like he's just got, he's got all the food at his house. You know, you know his mama's cooking, and it's just, he, I don't know. There's something about him. There's something that's got he's a good. Look, there's a touch of Booby Dixon to him, and I have oh, no man. idea why. <laughs> But there's something about his personality, there's his exuberance, even in the terms of the way he plays the game, not just in terms of like the way he celebrates afterwards, but the way he plays the game, there's just a, a, an unadulterated exuberance to that guy, and it's working for him. Uh, we're now watching the uh, preseason game here on delay a little bit, and we were trying to do the Bills audio, and now it's completely off, so we all just kind of got stunned for a second. Uh, because it's not even close. But Joe Banyard just ran. See, a but lot. Joe Banyard had a, a nice long game there. Yeah, he's looked pretty. He's looked pretty sharp too. Um, Cass, coming to you. Any uh, any bright spots so far on this roster that have kind of emerged this preseason? Yeah, um, I'm going to use an analogy to, to 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 at least first start talking about this. You know, when like you have like an iPhone four, or you like see someone with an iPhone four. Yeah, and you're like, oh my god. And then you look down at your like nice and pretty iPhone seven, and you're like, wow, that iPhone four is kind of like white trash. It's not really reliable, kind of janky looking. Doesn't quite look, you know, business appropriate. Um, <laughs> that would be my comparison from Carpenter to Hauschka. Wow. 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 Did, I did not you did know where not you were, have to put white trash in yeah, there. Okay? I didn't know where you were going with that. Completely unnecessary. Jeez, you went for the jugular. Okay. Yeah. I completely agree with oh you. Oh my God. All right. Yeah. That's tough to argue with. Uh, so again, so much has been going on. It's, it's great just to get back online here and we're, we'll be back with new episodes uh, every Who's Sunday fa- following the game. Uh, Zay Jones Zay and Jones. Brandon Riley. Okay. Uh, he, he had two. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, we'll be back with uh, new episodes. So we just wanted to at least touch base, uh, get the word out for our sponsor. But now we got a new segment for you all. Uh, I don't know how this is going to go, and uh, it, it took me 15 weeks last year to get Bill to understand the very simple concept that I would hope that he would convey. Now Plus, I learned a whole song. Yeah, I now, had it all. Now he's got a concept that's even more complicated. I can't wait for him to describe it to us. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, when we come back, we'll have uh, Buffalo Bill Nichols on the line for you. Did that come with a 400-word essay? Yeah, it sure ding, did. Ding. Got any keys? Okay, folks, we got a new segment now from our correspondent north of the Illinois border. It's Buffalo Bill Nichols here with us with a a new <laughs> way to to look at this team, uh, framed in the local delicacy of cheese. <laughs> 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 Yeah, of cheese. I'm in the I'm in the land of land of beer and cheese. What better? What what better than the the look at our team through the lens of well, not necessarily local cheese, but a different cheese. Oh, so let's just open up this segment right now, and we've we've lost Lars. Um, I'm gonna guess at least partially because the Pipeworks oh bombers that I brought over, but. Uh, also because this is the most ridiculous segment ever, and it's not a wild card. Um, but it <laughs> it's, it sounds it so damn good weeks. that we and we're committed to it for 17 weeks. Uh, but Bill, explain. So you're you're gonna you're gonna pick a cheese, <laughs> correct? <laughs> um, and you're gonna tell us which Bills players exemplifies the cheese. 
No, not necessarily a Bills player because that gets too boring. Uh, so it could be an observation. For for instance, it could be the total unit of, um, <laughs> I said unit. Um, let's say it's a very soft cheese, right? I may say, you know what, our defense played really soft today, and then I'll riff off of that. But you're going to um, be eating these cheeses on a weekly basis. Now, is the point of you eating them so that you can then draw the analogy based on your observations having eaten the cheese? Or will you be selecting cheeses in advance that you believe has some tie to the team? Well, I say right now, that's a, that's a very good question. I say right now <laughs> that I'm just, I'm just going to sort of buy a cheese and then it's going and to be an And then find the, the parallel. Find the, parallel. find the parallel, yes. However, when, I am, when I'm buying a cheese, if I find something that... I think about um, a Billsy cheese. This is like this is a Billsy cheese. This is a total stinky, stinky cheese. Then absolutely, like I'm gonna be able to talk about. But I'm gonna try not to do the obvious thing, like, oh yeah, pepper jack is spicy. But you know, I want I want to make it more than about the fact that it's a spicy cheese. At some point, can you can you do a burrata? Because I want you to do a cheese that like they think that they have it all together, but when you cut into them, it's all just fucking jelly and it all just falls. That's apart. what I'm saying. That's so, what I'm saying. I love bro. it. I love it. So, but but the, now this is all to explain to our listeners tonight that you actually haven't consumed any cheese in preparation for the launch of no, this segment. Is that correct? I have, I, I have absolutely. I don't know. I had. Well, I then some. let's get it started, folks. <laughs> it is time for your first segment of. Got any cheese? <laughs> and there's our song, folks. A little bit of farting, a little bit of Urkel. That's all we needed. I'll tell you what I have for the game. What I have for the game today was a roast chicken Mexicana wrap uh, from uh, from a local place here called Waterfront Deli. Called Whole Foods. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not hearing any cheese in there. It had chicken and had some peppers, but what tied it all together and what really makes the wrap delicious is the queso. Fresco. <laughs> and now, when you look at when you actually look at the queso fresco and what makes it a delicious cheese, you you, you look at its profile. And first of all, you look at its appearance. Okay, it's snow white. And I'm reading this online, right? It's called. It's they say it's snow white in appearance. Okay. Well, guess what? You know who's going to be playing for our team? Starting when there's going to be snow on the ground, Nathan Peterman. That's Nathan Peterman. And now, mind you, you realize it's pos- it, it has snowed in Orchard He's Park. He's also in our September. diamond in the rough, mm. right? It had it has snowed in September, so um, you know, take that chances take are that high. for 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 what it's worth. Okay. The other and the other the other parallel here with Nathan Peterman and this cheese is the texture of the cheese. Okay. Imagine this. It is it's firm. His game is firm, man. Like he's got those crisp throws down. He's got the timing routes. He's got the out routes. Um he he looks And it could also just the, crumble in your hands. It crumbles, but that's the thing. It's it, it's firm, crumbly, and it softens, <laughs> but it does not melt. Ooh. And so what we've seen okay. what we've seen is he starts to get some pressure. Um, you know, your defenses start to switch things th- things up. However, he's not melting under the pressure um, that he's uh, that he's being put under, both by the defense as well as the situation that he's in. Um, and you know, ultimately, he's solid enough. Um, his game's got that solid foundation that makes queso fresco, you know, what it is. Wow. 
Well, and and, and what's finally, the over and under on Bill being able to continue this for 16 weeks? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I, I wanna, I'm giving him to the week five bye. I'd like to meet your cheesemonger. Fin- finally, the the, pro, the profile of this cheese that's interesting is is, is its flavor uh, is described as slightly salty, mm. mild, mild with a tangy taste. Now, guess who's going to be slightly slightly salty? Tyra Taylor. You got it. Okay. This has been shockingly and wonderfully poetic, Bill. And yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm amazed. I am really impressed. He's like, I'm not and, done. And There's I, another <laughs> aspect yeah, of this cheese. Hold on, the Wikipedia page for queso fresco continues. <laughs> you know what's wonderful, too? is I found out that um, many, many quesadillas, which is my and Jeff's favorite meal, yep. um, is made with uh, queso fresco. Wrong. Wrong a lot. No, wow. no, 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 no. There's only two cheeses that are properly used. There's chihuahua. Oaxaca cheese and Oaxaca, and Chihuahua. Okay. So stop well, using uh, some queso fresco. just dribbled on the top of stuff. It's like it's yeah. Mexican feta. It's, it's, it's like throwaway Mexican cheese. Mexican feta. That's and that, that actually was Nate Peterman's nickname. And it yeah, Mexican. Feta. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it is throwaway cheese because who who was it that got rid of ten, Tennessee? Who got rid of Peterman? Nobody. Oh yeah, Tennessee. Nobody. Yes, yeah, Tennessee. He, yeah, he transferred from Tennessee University to Tennessee. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Bill, what are you dr- what are you drinking this evening? Uh, I got a Labatt Blue. Wow. Hey, good for you, there Bill. You go, buddy. So the Labatt Blue MVP of today's episode, hands down, no questions asked, is the, is, is Bill and his new segment. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, well, I assume you're not editing that one out. <laughs> nope, that's I don't edit anything out, bro. All right, Bill. Well, I'm I cannot wait to see what you have in store for us. Bill, uh, real quick, opening Sunday. Real quick, uh, most shocking occurrence or no, most impactful occurrence of the off season. <laughs> and now it's just back to <laughs> general Bill. It, was, it doesn't have anything to do with cheese. <laughs> now it's just Bill. <laughs> now it's just Bill. <laughs> He's I'd like say <gasps> having having a kid. Having no, a kid, Bill. God damn it! Not you, bro. Oh, not my life. Not my life. Most so, shocking, most shocking, no, no most, most impactful, impactful occurrence from the from a standpoint of the Bills for a Bills podcast. Um, uh, the hiring of the duo of Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, Good. right down the middle, love it. I will say this as as it pertains to having a kid. Uh, I mentioned to Jackie about a week or so ago that I I have to watch myself because I don't know if my kid uh, will. Is learning my voice because you don't you don't usually I don't I don't talk to him in this voice to the extent that with the first preseason game when Peterman first came in and like it kind of caught us all by surprise. So I'm sitting here with Hank watching watching the game and I found myself talking to him in the voice that I normally talk to him in. So I was just waxing on about like, hey, what do we think of this new rookie quarterback? Yeah. 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 Oh, totally. Think? On the move. Wow, baby. What was that? What was that? Two minutes to go down a- by four. I think we can do it. Yeah, fucking, I'm trying to teach him. All right, amateurs. that was a that was a tackle. Hey, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do we think of this rookie quarterback? Huh? Yeah, that's how I talk to Hank. Uh, speaking of farting noises, like it's getting <laughs> fun because I make I make farty noises and just stupid noises, and Liam's just like starting to. Nah, he's not laughing, but he's like smiling and stuff. It's like super fun. Yeah, he's an idiot. Well, that's not true. All I have to do but to make he's Hank, bigger than you. All I have to do is that's yeah, the, that's, like that's the thing that's upset, upsetting right now. All I have now. to do to make Hanrick laugh is go. 
Oh, I was wondering why I was hearing that earlier. Oh yeah, today. he loves it. Yeah, yeah, he loves it. He's he's a moron. Good times. <laughs> yeah, we're we're in a family affair now here. You know. Yeah, and so. Cass with some big news for our fans. Uh yeah, Chetty is uh, doing great. She's gonna be four in the uh, end of October. Chetty, Chetty, not to be confused like, with cheddar. Um, I know. That's so so I was going. we don't want we don't want Bill to go on another twenty minute cheese riff. Bill, right this has there. been a uh, I, I was this has been I was on the brink. A wonderfully eye opening segment, and I can't wait for the weeks to come. And we'll see you soon. Uh, and we'll have you online uh, following the Bills game coming up on the tenth. Until then, go, one go Bills. Uh, you know, you can't cut me off like that. <laughs> one, one of you one of you is going to wake up, and I'm not sure which one. One of you is going to wake up in the middle of the night, and you're just going to see Steve Urkel, his face. He's going to see Bill in blackface. And what is yeah, he going to well, say? Got any cheese? And that is it, That's folks. it. That's it. All right, guys. Thanks, Cheers. Buddy. Yo, keep it real. Go, Bill. Talk to you soon. You know, gang, ever since we started this podcast, I'm sure, like, me, you guys have people in the office coming up about, like, asking advice for football games. Who you got? Who, who's going to win this weekend? You people, people actually think I watch games, teams other than the Bills. Yeah, and people are always like, hey, are, the, are the Patriots going to beat the Steelers this week? Or, you know, Chicago going to beat Detroit? And I was like, absolutely. Uh, but now, when you give that advice. I'm like, yes, sir. Please lay back down. When, yeah. uh, now when you it's time for your colonoscopy now when you give that advice you can add on a little extra for them say let me tell you this you want to know who's going to win and if you're betting on this week's game head to mybookie.ag why what will that tell us well my bit my bookie has been in business for years the rep is rock solid okay they do 100 percent cash bonuses so off the bat you're making money for doing nothing. Straight cash, baby. And they have the fastest payouts. Seriously, just two business days, cash in your hand. No questions asked. Straight cash, baby. So listen to us. You know who's going to win because we're always right. I've been predicting 12-4 and four for the Bills for the last nine <laughs> seasons. Uh, but lay down some big cash today and you'll win big. Uh, I would recommend this service to our listeners 100%. They've been great to me. They're a sponsor of this podcast. You support us. You should support them. So head on over to my bookie. Use the promo code BNB. That's B A N D B. You win, they pay. They actually have in game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, an all new mobile site that makes wagering a breeze. I mean, why wouldn't you do it? Join now. My bookie will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus. Just use that promo code BNB to activate the offer. Go to mybookie.ag today. You play. You win, you get paid. B A N D B. MyBookie.ag. So that sound means one thing and one thing only. It's time for our favorite segment here on Bills and Beers. It's Tacos Calientes. It's Tacos Calientes. I want some taquitos. This is the segment brought to you by Pocky Chips, makers of the hottest chip on the planet. And it's time for Jam and Jeff Day down in Austin, Texas, to give his tacos calientes on the current state of the Buffalo Bills. Jeff, 
down there in Austin, uh, safe from the floods. His uh, his wife's family, not so much, but he's about to have some new roommates uh, coming to join him there in Austin. So it's all good. Jeff, you've had five months, three months, four months, however long it's been to come up with some tacos calientes. What do you have for us today? Hey, friends. Great to talk to you guys again. Can't wait for another Bills season. We're excited. Um, so it's been a one heck of a, an offseason, huh? Yeah, between we, I mean, we've touched on the Sandy Watkins, Darius not being able to catch the bus, you know, new GM. It's been, it's been a Bills off season for the ages. Yes. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been another interesting one, and and we're certainly going to enjoy this season. Already looking forward to the 2018 draft, <laughs> simply because we know it's going to be fun having six picks in the first three rounds. One hundred percent. So. Uh, my tacos calientes for the Bills off seen so much that we could potentially talk about. Um, but I did want to talk about one of the things that I think is going to, um, you know, we, I think as fans, we always, it's easy to look at personnel and whether that's coaches or whether that's the players on the team. Um, and oftentimes I think we forget about what, what's arguably even more important sometimes than personnel, which is, um, system the sure. systems that they're running. And so I think it's, you know, this year we're instituting on offense and Rick Dennison's offense will be bringing forth the West coast style offense, which really couldn't be more different than the offense that Tyrod was leading last year. Uh, and on defense, we're going, you know, we're going, we've, we've now gone four, three to three, four, back to the four, three, three, four, uh, man which, to four, three zone. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Three, four, man to four, three zone. And so I think, I think in general, that's going to be uh, the one of the biggest differences that we see on the field, aside from personnel, is that we are just running completely different offensive and defensive schemes. Um, and I think the defensive scheme that we're instituting is certainly a great fit for the personnel we have. And I think the offensive scheme that we're instituting uh-huh. is a very bad fit for the leader of that offense, which is Tyrod. Oh, boy. Okay. And it's not to say that you know I don't want to I don't want this to turn into a you know a, 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 a Tyrod bash session. He's barely had any time to play. But I think the thing that we as fans are most nervous about is that the West Coast style offense requires uh, three step drops with the ball out. Right. Um, you know timing patterns and quick decisive decision making, which you know Tyrod has not shown the ability to do. So. I think the biggest question mark going into this season is going to be, will Tyrod be the quarterback for all 16 games? Well, no, because he's he will he will spend some time on the injured on the injury report, right? Yeah, I mean, it's either going to happen in the beginning of the season or the end. Yeah, and Jeff, I think one of the things that we agree on is that it's it remains to be seen whether or not Nathan Peterman is a better quarterback than Tyrod Taylor. Uh, All around, and and I think in general, I most people would hesitate to say yes. Nathan Peterman is a better quarterback, but what is becoming harder and harder to deny is the fact that Nathan Peterman is better at running this offense. Wholeheartedly agree, and it's you know it's tough. I'll be the first to admit I said it in the offseason, guys, when we, we when we released Cardale Jones. <laughs> I am not afraid to admit when I am wrong, and. <laughs> You know, rewind 12 months, and about this time, I was 
singing Cardell's praises and saying at how many points into the season will he replace Tyrod? And so I may not have the best track record for this uh, type of prediction. thing, but for this prediction, but it's, it, there is something about, I think we've all seen it in the first four games and we saw it again in tonight's game against the lions. All, you know, when, when Peterman is running this offense, it feels like a different team. Yeah. Yeah, well, then like, what we've seen, but, but like, like you just said, Jeff, they're running a wildly different kind of offense. It should look like a different yeah. team. It absolutely should. Here's the thing, it's, though. Like, and 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 I just want to, you know, we've talked. There's, you know, whatever. I'm gonna get off on my WGR rage <laughs> like I did previously <laughs> to all of you guys, but. One of the things that I keep hearing in, uh, on, on the Howard and Jeremy segment, right, is that, you know, like, oh, this offense, like, they got Peterman. He's way more suited for this offense. He can live in the, uh, in a, you know, under center. He has a quick three-step drop and all that other stuff. And the only person that I trust in that whole goddamn radio station is Sal Carpaccio. Okay, who for his life cannot run a whole show on his own. But is not, not a Nate Peterman fan. But it's not a Nate Peterman fan, but when he when they talked about, well, why, why, what are we doing with Tyrod? He says, I don't think this is the office that they're going to run. Right. I think mm. that, you know, in, and in the beginning of the season, in the beginning of the offseason, sorry, we talked about the fact that, well, we didn't talk about anything, but people talked about the fact that uh, there was a lot more, well, we're going to move the line of scrimmage. We're going to, you know, move the line of scrimmage, and then Shady is going to be able to figure out what is his cutback lane. There was a lot of talks about cutback lanes, but yet during this preseason, all we've seen Shady do is really run just up the middle, yep. which is not his area of strength. We saw today that Jonathan Williams is pretty darn good at that, yep. which is encouraging to see. But that implies moving a line of scrimmage, right? And so if you're running a play action with moving the line of scrimmage, that fits into Tyrod's strength, where he can run to the side and find, you know, look at half the field and figure it out. So I, I guess I just wonder, you know, and I, I wish I could just call in and ask this to the people that have been at practice. And maybe if any of you listeners have well, actually been to a practice. I, I think that the the portions that they would be installing this stuff have been closed to the public. Yeah, so yeah really and that's knows. that's what I, I mean. That's exactly it, right? Is that are they doing that type of stuff in practice? You know, are they are they running rollouts? Are they running more of a Tyrod Taylor friendly offense? Because, come on. Rick Dennison didn't come here knowing that they had Nate Peterman, right? Right. They right. didn't. He didn't come here knowing that they had anybody that could install that offense. And neither, and by the way, did neither did oh you know Sean McDermott. So they had to believe that hey, we can install an offense that will be somewhat reasonable for Tyrod. Sorry, I'm just watching this guy from the Lions go to the house. That was a crazy <laughs> run. Yeah. Um, look, agreed on all accounts. I will say though, Suge, if I had one thing to just I've got no evidence to rely this on, but like a lot of what Sal says and a lot of what you're saying just sounds like wishful thinking. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What you're saying is like, well, but how, do, how, how does not And this gets to the second point that I brought up the last time we recorded was that we don't know these motherfuckers from Adam. No, okay. <laughs> I don't know anything about Sean McDermott's ability to run a goddamn team. I don't know anything about Brandon Bean's ability to do some controversial ass shit in terms of his trades. You better be getting, able to draft because he better be able we to better draft. Not be amassing these draft right? picks to just spend on any Tom, be Dick, and Harry. 
But but my question is, where, where if you were looking at this team in this season, where is the most confidence that you have in the team? I would honestly say offensive line. I think that's where the strongest. Where I, I but, would, but then you have the what's the draft pick? Deion Dawkins. Yeah, it's pretty goddamn horrible. You know, and who's the who's Vlad Dukas? Are you kidding me? Like we have these people. Like comes. our offensive line has regressed. As 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 a team, I mean, they were bad at pass blocking. Now they're horrible at pass blocking. You got Richie Incognito getting two holding penalties with his limited time in a game, and I, I just, I mean, maybe it's our offensive line coach. I don't know what it is, but that offensive line is. I mean, the, I, I think the strongest thing is still our defensive line because yeah. they're now finally sitting in a four three where they want to be, but but I don't know. I, I I just I go back to what I with, said is that we gave I'm all sorry, with Darius or without. I, I mean, with with Darius, right? Like, again, in the, is he with us when he's with us? That's, that's he's that's he's the with question. us when he's with us, but he's just is not he? with that's us that often, you know. Um, and we all yeah. we all remember for that Raiders Raiders game two years ago. What happened when when Darius went down? Yeah, right. So yep, I know. So I mean, I yeah. guess I guess what I'm saying is that I don't know these guys. You know, you don't know these guys. These guys talked a great game, but we gave them so much power, and they've proven nothing. Right, they traded away Sammy Watkins. They traded away Ronald Darby, and fine, maybe yes. We're I mean I don't even know what the hell that means that we're amassing talent. We're not building a football team, but yeah. But don't you want your football team to be filled with talent? So uh, I, I guess I mean it's a nice it's it's nice it's nice words, but you know as we've heard before, show me the fucking baby because uh, Suge is nervous. Suge you know nervous. I've been nervous from the beginning, man. But because look at look at our pre what, what oh, about the preseason has made you be encouraged? This is, this is what we've been hearing. What has been encouraging from this preseason? Like Nate just Peterman, me. unfortunately, Nate been, Peterman. Yes, but Nate Peterman is also the same quarterback that as he was falling down to get sacked threw the ball away and almost got picked off by a fucking uh, Ravens defender. You know, so this kid is a, he's a kid. He's still yeah, learning. And I, so don't, I mean, this is no savior here, right? But what I want to, what I want to know, and Jeff, I want to hear you in this too, because what we hear is like, oh, we'll just move the pocket. We'll just, we'll just have them roll out. And you know, that's, that's it. So my question is, until Vlad Dukas falls down just, and somebody on, dies. Hold on, hold on. I told you someone's going to die this year. Just, just, just hear me out here. <laughs> Because this, because I'm trying to put on my Jeff Day thinking cap and how he would think about something like this. If it was just that simple, if if we could find a guy with raw talent who could run and throw the ball far, and all we had to do was just roll him out and move the pocket, wouldn't every team do it? Why why is it that why is it that offensive coordinators in the NFL prefer a guy who can throw the ball in rhythm from the pocket? As opposed to doing the rollouts, so, so you, everybody because the rollouts makes the field smaller. It, it, it make you know from in the pocket you can see the entire field. When you're rolling out, but every, you, it's fifty percent of the field's gone. I'm saying this because as Suge is doing right now, we're we're sort of talking about the rollout as the magic bullet. But it's like okay, well, if it was that simple, then why isn't every NFL team running a rollout off? No, no, I'm not saying it's a magic bullet. I'm saying that that's the only thing that Tyrod can do. Tyrod has yeah. proven his inability to see the whole field. Well, then I don't think the And so if we have a good offense targeted for that, then maybe fine. We had the 10th scoring offense in the league last year. Oh, please. Combined please. with our first, first, you know, the two years in a row of the best rushing offense. But we had a really fucking horrible defense. So I'm not saying that that wins us a Super Bowl, but maybe it gets us into the playoffs. Because as, as you mentioned earlier, we're only two games away. Oh. But, but the whole five games, the whole point. <laughs> no, no, don't, do not even try. <laughs> the whole point, though, 
is that like, well, if if Tyrod Taylor needs an unconventional offense to be even remotely successful, then he doesn't belong. Then- oh, no, no, no. He, the, none of these motherfuckers are going to be a quarterback next year. Like, let's be honest. Like, we have two 2018 picks plus two second round 2018 picks. We're going to use all four of those to yeah. get whoever the hell we want. Okay. Lars, I was thinking about your question, and I think, and we talked, we talked about this actually last season a bit. And I think one of the problems with the sort of like boom or bust quarterback, if you will, uh, in terms of like they can make the big play down the field, but then you know, then the other half the time it's three and outs. Yeah, is huh. the like compounding half, effect half that the that time? Has. Is it half the right. time or is it seven right. parts to one? Exactly right. And like I think the problem with that is like the sort of like the domino effect or the compounding effects that that has to the rest of the. Right, right, right. To the defense, to the lack of momentum, you know, all of that. And so I think like there's this element of even if even if you put together a 50 yard drive that ends in no points, you know, at least you've like put a 50 yard drive together that has five minutes of the clock. Right. Or, you know, one of those. That was actually one Um, of the things about Anthony Lynn that was so refreshing to hear him say was like, we we need to get first downs like we need to. Right. We need to move the ball. Hey, one last hot take before I leave you guys. One last what? One last uh, tacos caliente numero uh, deuce. Which is which is Tex-Mex for hot take. Uh, guys, you know me. I, for the last five years, I've been I've been uh, I, I couldn't have disliked the small, scrappy, white, five foot nine wide receiver more. Right. Yep. And and I, and I think in the form of Brandon Riley. We might we we might finally have one, dude. We have already talked about him. I like I like me some Brandon Riley. He's not small though, is yeah, he? He's not that small, right? Oh, is he not? Is it is, is it bad that I just sort of, he's I just assumed he was because he white he little <laughs> he should. He, I actually thought he looked like Hogan. He yeah he definitely doesn't play like an Edelman. God rest his soul. Um, <laughs> I hope you die. Uh, I hope you rest while dead. Ed- Edelman. I, I think I think we're all in agreement on this podcast that Edelman might actually be my. Are all of us our least favorite collectively? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, unanimously. Hold on. I, I'll tell you. Hold on a second here. Wide receiver. Here we go. Uh, the, 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 the Brandon Riley. I want to say he's like six eight. No, that's not right. Six eight. Six, <laughs> no, six two. He's six two. He's not small. He's six. Two. Okay. 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 Uh, w- good, w- good, good. Wikipedia good. is coming. Hear that actually. Wikipedia is coming in at six feet one inch. Okay. So, All right. So, Terrific. So, Cassie, Terrific. I think you're gonna have to get ten. on the Instagram for Brandon Riley. Yeah. I think that he's. Uh, yeah. He's... I think that it's on there. I mean, Edelman's five eight. So. Find out if he looks good. All right, is Jeff. What else it? you got for us? What are you drinking that... down there in Texas tonight? <laughs> Uh, guys, I'm not drinking any beer. I can tell Jesus you that right Christ. now. Oh. I know, guys. Are you guys, eating any what, cheese? I what, if I started drinking, if I started drinking beer tonight, when I thought you were going to call, I'd be blacked out. Right <laughs> yeah, that would be perfect. We're running a little behind, but that's all right. Yeah. Um, but no, I guys, I look forward to. The, hey, I, listen, I'm Jeff, 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 Jeff. Do you have any cheese in the house? <laughs> you'll, Do I have any? You'll, you'll understand much better when you okay. listen. Um, oh, okay, okay. In two weeks, one. it's what? What are you? You're going to be in Chicago week three, right? A week three, I think, right? So hopefully, I'll see you guys at the station, and we'll celebrate together. One hundred percent. I think. Yeah. Uh, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Can't wait for it, man. We will be in touch with you though, following the week one game. Uh, until then, always great to hear from you. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills, guys. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. All right, guys. Take care. Good talking. Well, we're coming up on the end of the episode, which means it's time for the wild card portion of today's episode. It's the wild card. 
And this is Bills and Beers. We talk about the Buffalo Bills, but we do so drinking beer. And Sujit was tonight's purveyor of beer. We're, we're normally recording from Lincoln Station or from Toons or from the Bird's Nest or some other kind of bar with beer and wings here in Chicago. But tonight we're recording from Mikasa, watching the uh, the last preseason game on Game Pass. It was as uneventful as we expected it to be. And uh, nothing really changed our opinion about Nate Peterman or anything else. But uh, it did, however, enable us to have some very eclectic beer selections. Suji dropped by his old haunt, his favorite spot, Bitter Pops, to pick up some very exotic selections. So, Suj, why don't you walk us through what we were drinking this evening? Uh, it was a it was a it was a nice night for beer. Um, we uh, I asked for some requests, and uh, Cassie gave us the option of Kolsch. Um, and so, I'm going to defer that to talk to let Cassie talk a little bit yeah. about that, but. Uh, the the rest of the time I thought we we're you know it's our first show back. Yep. We should represent Chicago. We should represent my favorite brewery here in Chicago, which is Pipeworks Brewery. And you know I, I I've been doing my pint can kick for a while, and that's what they specialize in. Do definitely love their beers. So the first one was the Pipeworks Mandarina. It's an Imperial IPA. It's kind of high in alcohol. It's nine point five percent. The beauty of this uh, beer is that it has the, that the the citrus and uh, kind of not sour, but the, just the citrus that you expect from uh, some of these fruit beers. But at the same time, it, that citrus is driven by its hops. It's it's not infused with guava or <laughs> something like that, which you know is not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it is me, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. Well, I feel like sometimes they do that to like take the edge off the citrus. Right. Exactly. And, and it's so, kind of like I didn't really need like the citrus was kind of okay. Right. And so this was a it's a nice uh, the Pipeworks Mandarin. It's an Imperial IPA, uh, strong but also very uh, nice to drink. The next thing we had, well, actually the first thing we had before actually the Pipeworks man, uh, Mandarin was that we were just looking at starting off with a nice IPA because we know that Lars likes, you know, he likes a little bit of fruit and exoticness to his beer. So we thought we'd start off with something easy. We were drinking, we were eating wings because yeah. it's Bills and Beers and it's a Bills podcast. So we should be drinking, and eating ca- some and wings. Cass was the generous purveyor of wings this evening. So we looked at, uh, so one of the famous beers from Pipeworks is their... Ninja versus Unicorn. Delicious beer. If you have never had Ninja versus Unicorn, go out and buy the four pack. However, the 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 one that Half Acre makes making fun of it is also it is, good. Like, Astronaut hates pony or whatever it is. Something like that. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. I would actually say it's better. It's yeah. It's, so I mean, is, that is delicious. Ninja versus Unicorn hit the market when Mosaic Cups were the big thing in the world, and so okay. it's definitely a Mosaic heavy uh, IPA, double IPA. Um, and, uh, it's, it's good. It's, it's exactly what you expected for your standard, you know, mosaic heavy double IPA, which has now been done out the wazoo. Yeah. Uh, and so that's why, you know, we're looking at variations from it, but, the you know, so, you, uh, Pipeworks then has played off that and they said Ninja versus this or Unicorn versus this. 
And uh, they had Unicorn versus Santa, I think, or Ninja versus Santa was their uh, Christmas uh, ale. Was their Christmas ale? So, so this is now a collaboration. So does not compare to the Shinerbach Cheer. The Shinerbach Cheer, I know, and that's what we're going to do for the next one. The Shinerbach. Uh, so the this one was actually a collaboration, which Piper doesn't do a ton of collaborations, but it's a Unicorn versus Mad Fat. Uh, which is Pipeworks collaborating with Brooklyn's Interboro Brewing. Uh, so, you know, it's a little, well, getting back to a little bit of New York. It's the whitest thing that Sujit has ever said, not wearing a lab coat. That's true. Uh, but we're it's getting a back collaborative to collaborative mosaic IPA with a Brooklyn based. That's, that's fair enough. Uh, but the, uh, but it's, uh, we're, we're getting a little back to New York. We're getting into Jets territory, which is embarrassing. But really, there's only one team that plays in New York. So it's our, it's our state. And uh, it was good. It was clean. It was a double IPA. It was a standard double IPA. I don't think that it was anything exceptional. Uh, but it I was, enjoyed it was them good. all. It was, it was I, really good. I have actually, as I've been going through a little bit of a tour of IPAs this this summer, and uh, one thing I had, Suge, um, that I, I think I texted you about was the um, oh, so good, the Best Buy or the Enjoy Buy, yeah, from the um, Stone Stone. Stone. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean. It was just crazy. So, like, whenever you go to a brewery and you drink stuff there as a part of the tour, you're always like, oh, this, this, like, seems like it tastes better. It's kind of like that, like, McDonald's Coke phenomenon. Like, what's going on that this tastes better? Well, it's because it's fresh. So, that um, Stone Enjoy By, dude, it, like, unmatched for, like, a high content beer. Like, the freshness and, like, the smoothness of that beer was unbelievable. But as I've been on this, like, a little bit of a tour of IPAs, I've, I've kind of, and not to pat myself on the back, I think my palate has become a little more sophisticated to the extent that, like, I can kind of taste a shitty beer now when I have it, even though, like, if it's packaged nicely and it's supposed to be good, I can tell when it's not good. All of these beers tonight were good. Yeah, and I think that that's something to, you know, one of the things that I love about Bitter Pops. So they had an entire night where they just decided that the owner, Mike, said, you know what? I want to feature nothing but fresh beers. Yeah. So he said to all of his distributors, he's like, if you got anything coming off the line this week, all of his distributors coming came to him and said, okay, well, how about rather than off the line this week, we can't say off the line today. Wow. So all the people that were that, that came there and brought them kegs was were people that literally came off the line that day. Jeez. And so it was just it was just great. I mean, not none of them. It wasn't all the best beers in the world, but. But it was it was good stuff, and so if you're out at if you if you're lucky enough that you have a tap room where where you live, um, go out there. If you're up in Park Ridge, definitely check out Beer on the Wall, uh, which is my new new hangout up in Park Ridge. Now that I'm a oh big God. suburbanite, suburbs. Uh, but uh, but anyway, so the last Fucking beer, suburbs. The last beer that Lars and I had, yes. We probably shouldn't have had. Let me just many. before before Cassie gets into. Oh, you're gonna do this. I just want to quickly I, talk about yeah. the uh, Imperial IPA, also from Pipeworks. Called the Devil Firefish. I mean, Pipeworks wins the award for the best artwork on their labels. Uh, but it is a ale brewed with honey, apricot puree, and citrus citra hops, which you know we've talked about citra hops before. But uh, it got a little sweet, got a little fruit, and then we got a little tang. So uh, yeah, this was this was amazing as well. Uh, and then finally, we'll talk about. Cassie's selection. Well, let me interject. Oh, here. before we get in there. So uh, I will say though that when you when you based on what I just said about having do, done a little tour of IPAs this summer and trying to buy better stuff and like always trying to do some variety and have some new stuff in the fridge, the risk that you run 
as I just said, with like your palate starts to get a little more sophisticated. It's sort of like the chapstick theory. It's the, you know, if you're... The more chapstick you put on, the yeah, more your it's like so Or like, Cass, you know, in the corporate world, if you get used to using two monitors on your computer, like you don't, you have no idea how it, you ever survived with only one to b- before that. You get to a point where then you go back to like, just like a Sam Adams Rebel IPA and you're like, what is this swill? And you've suddenly become a beer snob to the extent that you can't enjoy beer anymore because now you have to have like top of the line best... It happens. It, 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 it happens. it happens to me. So, like, that's the cost. The problem is that all the good beer is high alcohol, and so then it you is. have that problem. The one thing I will say, but the, it's a your savior. It's like if you like if you want to enjoy beer, go have the best beer you can find. But then, like, that actually has the opposite effect. Like, it becomes harder to enjoy beer because your standards for good beer go up by such a, such a wide margin. So you you put blue in this. Top category, oh, the right? Bad blues, the bad blue, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's the champagne. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that your one savior there is Pilsner. If you have gotten that taste, you can get a really good Pilsner, not super high in alcohol that cleanses the palate. It's like the sorbet of beers. Oh, there you go. And see me, I, I like a good lager. I'm a Pennsylvania or guy, so I very just, yeah, just very going. similar, right? Oh, it's nice, a nice transition. Kolsch. There you go. Uh, so. I want to hear Cass's review of this Kolsch because she, Cassie she was drinking. This was a specific recommendation from Megan, the bartender at Bitter Pops. It had just come in today. Uh, it's one of we're one of the first few people to actually have tried this beer. This is uh, from a brewery called Mobcraft Beer. Um, it's their oddball Kolsch style ale. So, little story about Mobcraft <laughs> that I was informed of earlier today um, is that they are a purely crowdfunding beer. So they uh, get people to vote on their beers and pick out what they want to drink. Before they've made them, they said, what do you want us to make? Then people will fund a Kolsch. And you said that's what you wanted. Apparently Kolsch is popular right now. And so they made Cassie, a Kolsch. so trendy. And uh, so it's a nice, clean Kolsch. Trendy Kolsch. I didn't even taste it. So what do you think of the oddball Kolsch-style ale? And how does it compare to the other Kolsches you've been having? Um, yeah, so I am rather trendy. I'm, though I'm not like a little bitch like you guys. So let's get hinties of the fruity flavor in blah, blah, blah. No, I just, I like the Kolsch. It's a good, solid Kolsch. Um, this one actually has a little My bit. My beer has a ninja on it. Yeah, yeah that's true, true. So fuck you, Cass. True. Yeah, true. Um, this one, it had some licorice in it. Oh, Um, yeah, it's got a little bit of a licorice aftertaste. Um, I. She said liquor. Yeah. Liquor-ish. Um, no, I I like it. It's uh, actually it's a it's a Kolsch style ale. It's, I don't think it's directly a Kolsch. I can kind of pick up on that because um, it, it there's a little bit of the bitterness. I feel like that a Kolsch still delivers um, that this Kolsch style ale is missing. But it's very smooth. Um, it's very nice. Um, so you like the bitterness? I, yeah, I, I, a little bit of it. A okay. little bit of it. Um, you are a Bills fan. I am so. a Bills fan. Yeah, I, I I get bitter. You can ask my husband. Um, you can ask us yeah right exactly um and i think you know as it's warmed up um the the taste it, it's better if it's a little bit colder so yeah. you gotta gotta drink it quickly you gotta time your beverage there which is strange because like those euro beers like like when i think kolsch i think of like that's a german beer yeah like, they take those at like room temperature room right? temperature and that's why this one as it's gotten warmer I, i've i've less enjoyed it which is it but that's counterintuitive, is it? Exactly. It's an anomaly. Is that true? Is that true for even for German beers? I know English oh, yeah. beers are that way. 
Oh, oh, definitely. Went to Germany. Uh, did, she's, she's the, yes. Yeah. Cass would know. Yeah. Did, did the whole Munich I mean, thing. I spent a lot of time at Oktoberfest and all that shit was cold. <laughs> I've, I've been to, the, to Deutschland. Yeah. Girl, I took seven years of German, okay? <laughs> so today's wild card on... I will say that this beer literally says on the side, please drink cold. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not actually a cold, is what you're saying. Um, it's a cold. So as Bill and I alluded to earlier, a uh, big change for the two of us. We talked about it on the podcast a couple months ago. Bill, uh, uh, now the proud father of Liam Nichols, uh, which actually William Nichols the seventh. Uh, Liam for short. I am now the proud father of Henrik Larson Weborg, uh, Hank for short. Uh, and so it's been a bit great of, names, by the way. Yeah, great name. Thank you. It's been a bit of a transition for both of us. So as we look at this, this Bills roster, which now currently stands at nearly 100 men, uh, we are better informed. And Suge has been through this rigmarole, of course, and and Cass is a very devoted dog owner. Uh, to <laughs> say that, yep, my dog, <laughs> um, Chetty. Chetty I, I, pup, uh, but Chetty for short. Chetty. I have a, I have a new perspective on uh, which humans on this planet I would or would not entrust the life of my son with, and so as I look up and down this roster, trying to determine exactly who it is that I would entrust my child to. Which again, I for every wild card, I go with Kyle Williams, but I can't in this instance. So Kyle ain't babysitting. So yeah, also yeah, but he's got like nine kids, doesn't he? I mean, is, wasn't that the joke that he had to keep up with Fitz? Wasn't Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. that was Fred Jackson. Fred Jackson, Kyle Williams, two sides of the same opposite race coin. The So you're going to have to come back to me so I can think of somebody other than Kyle Williams. We'll start with you, Sue. All right. So the big question that we're asking here is which, yeah, which bill would you. Who's you, your daddy? Yeah. Okay. Who, yeah. Who would you trust with <laughs> Who kids? would you let replace you as the daddy for the afternoon? Who would you have babysit your blood and flesh? Uh, so I am going to go ahead and say that I'm comfortable with a newcomer because you know what? There's not a lot of people that have stayed on the team. Uh, I'm going with Steven Hauschka. Wow. I trust him. He's got a lot of love. He's reliable. He's just, he's just, he's, he's under the radar. He's, he seems responsible. He's just, he's just a, he's just, you know, he's not making a bunch of crazy Accusations. He's not acting crazy. He just goes up there and does his job. He you know what? He's going to put the kid to bed. He's going to put Lucia to bed at the right time. Okay, but he's going to play with her. They're going to kick the ball together because he's good at his job. Yeah. Okay. He takes pride in what he does. So if he's babysitting, he's going to be a real good babysitter. But he's not going to talk about it. Wow. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I'm gonna um. If I had a child, it would have been Jerry Hughes because he's boring Stop as it. hell. What? God, yes. Jerry, Hughes, follow- Jerry Hughes is anything but boring. Your kid's going to be on crack. Do you, oh, do, do you follow him on Instagram? I actually he's, do. He's pre- they're pregnant with their second one right now. Well, that was Jeff who said he lost all of his edge when he had his first kid. Yes, exactly. Um, but being a dog mama and oh, my little chetty pup, she's a shih tzu. Um, and she's a little bit of a diva, you know? And okay. so I... Redundant. I'm actually going to go um, pretty mainstream with this one and go with Shady McCoy. Wow. Ooh, okay. Like because one, one be diva perfect. begets the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A diva. And you know what? I have a feeling she's going to come back with like a diamond blinged out yeah. like collar. Oh, yeah, 100%. Have, yeah. Ha- she'll have her nails done. She'll have her nails done. Um, And like Chetty and Shady. I mean, it just goes Chetty so well together. Oh, that's, that, that is just, I just want to commend you at one of the best <laughs> wild cards that I've ever heard. 
So it's funny that like that's actually we're well over an hour into this podcast now. That's the first mention of Shady McCoy. Yeah. Um, who by I because he didn't play in the offseason. Yeah, and I think it's just because like everybody just knows that as as Shady goes, so goes the season. And I Let's was just hope we don't play Baltimore all the time. But I'm going to do the opposite of what you just did, uh, Cass, and I'm going to give mine to a guy we've been talking about all during this episode and who's been sort of the buzz of the offseason in general. And I'm, and I'm going to give it to Nathan Peterman because uh, of the way that Suge framed it. So it was, who, who's your daddy? Because I think that Nate... I thought you said you weren't going to answer that question. <laughs> no, it's who's, the, who's Hank's daddy. And uh, in this case... Peterman, I think, is a he's a very uh, God fearing guy. I think he's sure. he's really into Jesus, so I think that he's trustworthy. He seems very he's very bright. He's on top of it. He's he seems very responsible. Uh, but to the point about being Hank's daddy, one thing that I can uh, rest assured with Nate Peterman, he's not going to replace me. Uh, oh my goodness! You guys are both he's, just on fire today. He will be. He will be a good stand-in, but rest assured that wow. uh, the, the real the real man is not Nate Peterman. He is. He is. He is. He is, he is but a temporary replacement. You guys just were saving up some wild card game. As soon as you said that, I was like, yeah, the one guy that I trust not to replace me, Nate oh. Peterman. He'd be a great. He's, a, he's a great in reserve. Is, is that what Tyrod's saying right now too? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, well it's, it's, Tyrod, it's, it's it's what Tyrod some college quarterback either. is saying right. Right now, uh, this has been great. Uh, find us again on iTunes. Subscribe uh, there so you can get the podcast on a weekly basis or on Podbean. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. And of course, go to mybookie.ag. Use that promo code B and B if you're going to place any bets. We'll be back. That's after. B A N D B. We will be back after next week's game. And you can find us again as a simulcast. You may be listening to it now. On 920 WON, the Apple, New York's number one bill station. God damn it. How good is it here? Good to hear you say next week. I know. Next game. week. Not, oh, my not God. This I'm Sunday, kidding. but the following. <laughs> we will have football back. We're right going to lose a lot of games. But not next Sunday. But it's going to be way fun. Not next Sunday. Hey, hey, like, we, not, we're going to start with a win over the Jets. Uh, I think we're all in agreement about that. Until then, however, on behalf of Jim and Jeff Day down in Austin, Texas, and. Uh, Cheesy Bill Nichols. Cheesy Bill. Up in Milwaukee, uh, the president of the Bills, backers of Chicago Sujit, and the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton. I'm Lars. Go, Go Bills. Bills. 2017, baby. Woo! Woo! Super Bowl. The Bills make me wanna. Shout.